Hello, my name is Tracy Smith, and you're listening to the Keizu Poetry Slamcast. This is an archival podcast where I post recordings that have been sitting in a trunk in my basement for the past 20 years. This project for me has been cathartic and uh, nostalgic. It's a way to prove to myself that the art we made 20 years ago is still relevant, which is occasionally depressing because all the things we still bitch about today, we were bitching about 20 years ago. We're on episode 59. 59 weeks in a row we've been doing this, and I'd say we're about halfway through the archive, maybe. Hard to say. Anyway, this week's episode is part two of Scott Wood's first feature at the Kalamazoo Poetry Slam. And that's really all you need to know. This is Slam Later, like the poems are like, you dirty fucking whore. But this is one of the good ones from the beginning. My ears reach in the suburban noise of night. There's a question asked in one limited moment that never lost I am the smith. I am the poet. I am the industrial Thanks, you guys are cool, man. Um, I have a, I have three brothers. I have a my youngest brother. His name is Tony, and uh, we're about like a year and a half apart. And every once in a while, I'll do a poem about me and Tony. So this is like the fourth one that I've done about me and Tony. Uh, but it's actually not just about us. It's about how we grew up a little bit. And I, but I think everyone here will be able to relate. This one is called Scott and Tony Part 4, The Streetlight. Right. Rock, scissors, paper. That was Melissa Anderson. She was so bright. I want to wear the Superman cape. That was my baby brother, Tony. Batman can't beat up Spider-Man. That was our only white friend, white boy Kevin. My brother Tim told me that the Globetrotters don't really play basketball. That was me, but I didn't believe it. Boogerhead, dead bird doo-doo shoes, you got Buster Browns on. My daddy's going to take me to see Star Wars again. Super Friends do too come on Channel 6. Rock, scissors, paper, your daddy ain't taking you nowhere. Look at your penny loafers, you don't even have pennies in them. Spider-Man has super thing, so Batman would get his ass whooped. And then, well, all y'all's mamas is on welfare. And a hush fell over the four lower middle class children playing in the street. For the record, it was not I that had said it. There was me, my baby brother Tony, Melissa Anderson, so sweet, white boy Kevin, and badass William Rogers, who wanted everybody to think he was harder than he was, just rolled up and fired a drive-by crack. He was the one with the loud green machine, while everyone else rolled around on nice plastic big wheels. He had tied an eight-track boombox with bungee cords to the plastic back seat and blasted earth, wind, and fire every time he came outside to play. To this very day, I cannot stand Boogie Wonderland. (laughs) And for the record, it was already late. By the time he skidded to a stop in front of us and fired off his forbidden crack, William Rogers was the resident neighborhood badass. He was spoiled, 
always had money from his mama when the ice cream truck came, though, and he never shared. He always had the new Star Wars action figure before anybody else. He never shared. He was always terrorizing people's pets and hiding their newspapers in the bushes, and he never shared. He was always starting trouble. You can take the badass kid out of the inner city at-risk gang-affiliated hood, but you can't take the hood out of the badass kid. And for the record, it was already getting late. The sun had already started to turn its bright descending orange face on, and the mosquitoes had already started to chew our skin away. We all knew that the streetlights were going to come on any moment now. We knew this, and we were getting ready to depart to our respective homes way before William Rogers pulled up on his dreaded green machine. But we were frozen in place. We could not find our legs. His crack, his generally acknowledged forbidden insult, stuck us where we stood. Melissa Anderson, she was so daring, was the first of us to speak up. You ain't allowed to call nobody's mama on welfare. And my baby brother Tony had begun to move in William Rogers' direction to fight him or kick his green machine or get a rock to drop on his boombox, but I grabbed him by the arm, my eyes wide and mouth open. No, Tony! The lights are coming. At that, we all looked up and we could hear off in the distance doors slamming closed everywhere around us. Everybody knew you had to be in by the time the street lights came on. We were so afraid of what would happen if you remained in the street too long that we had trained our ears to hear the popping bulbs of streetlights blocks away as the grids lit up downtown somewhere underground. We could hear the rush of shutting doors miles away, hear the crickets begin their song hundreds of yards around us, and we split up and ran for our porches, our homes, our sanctuaries. But as I ran, I looked over my shoulder and saw that William Rogers simply sat on his green machine in the street, trying to kickstart his three-geared monstrosity into reverse. His pants leg had gotten stuck in the pedals. He shouted out for us to help him. I started to turn and run back to him before the lights came on, could hear the humming of the lights picking up speed as the streets turned from gray to gold. But my baby brother Tony grabbed me, pulled me back, and launched me into the garage, shoving me into the house with tears in our eyes. We scrambled to the living room window, standing on the cushions of the couch, clutching the windowsill in tan-knuckled terror. The light over William Rogers came on in slow motion almost taunting him with the hope of escape. Yet, as his face turned from brown to orange in its light, dropping its UFO abduction-like beam down upon him, we could see the tears glistening on his cheeks. There was, at first, a calling. We could hear a voice far away up the street, little more than wind itself, calling out his name. William Rogers, get your behind back in this house. And then again it came, carrying with it some ghoulish dread of what was to come. William Rogers, boy, get in this house. At that moment, he looked at me and my baby brother Tony, looking out at him from our living room window, almost pleading for sanctuary that we could not give. 
I grabbed my baby brother Tony by the neck and choked him, throttled him fully on the edge of the couch. Damn it, man, I could have saved him. And then there was the sound. A piece of newspaper fluttered up against the window. A stray cat jumped from a trash can lid. The wind became quick and wicked and unforgiving. Birds became trapped in its clutches and gave their wings up and tossed about in circles, squawking madly. A dark cloud burst from out of William Rogers' house, ripping the front door from its hinges, scarring concrete as it made its way up the street toward our despised bully. And when it set itself upon him, there was a whirlwind of flying tennis shoes and green machine tires and bungee cords and leather belts and screaming and crying and hollering and thunder cracking whiplashes and destroyed eight-track tape spooled out into the streetlight's yellow glare. But all we could see was a sickening black cloud of dust and sweat and flailing limbs. And my mother, who was no punishment saint, ran into the living room and covered our eyes, yet we could still hear the sounds, the sickening, crunching sounds of leather on ass. <laughs> and almost as soon as it had begun, it was over. The tornado of pain that had been William Rogers and his mother wound off out of sight up the street once more as the wind subsided and the evening birds returned, though they did not sing. The next day, me and my baby brother Tony and Melissa Anderson and white boy Kevin all made our way to the spot in sleepwalk time where the twister dust devil butt whooping had taken place. Looked at the scorched earth where William Rogers had been the night before, the ground was slicked clean of rubble, and there was nothing left behind from what had happened except a green machine brake pedal. White boy Kevin said, wow. Melissa Anderson looked around, then bent over to pick up the plastic foot pedal. She was so brave. Turned to the rest of us and asked, rock, scissors, paper. This one, um, this is one I did um, in Dayton that the team saw that went. And uh, Columbus didn't get second, we got third. And we really weren't that far ahead of you guys. So, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Catch you in the parking lot, man. So, um, this one is called Reload. This too is a poet poem. My ears have been burning. And rather than dunk my head in the sand, I'd rather run up on everybody I find with matches in their pockets. What you scared for? They're just words, right? Why? Because you know. You know that with mere words, I've made play-hating cats disappear like Roanoke villages, jumping into the sea for answers, asking old slaves beneath the waves chained as pirates treasure for directions to the tropic of throat cancer, and them sucker cats drown. <laughs> 
Drown like they got anchors on each toe. Drown like they can't wait to get below. Drown like suckers yearn to learn and bum rush the show. Better act like you know. Better get the rake and not the hoe. Better burn them lines into the dirt and shore up the valleys, but not too deep, lest you bumper to the slaves chilling below. Don't you understand? Don't you get it? Talking about me behind my back doesn't work because I control words. I am a doctor of words. I'm the doctor who of words. I'm the doctor doom of words. I'm the doctor strange of words. I'm the doctor octopus of words. I'm the doctor McCoy of words. Damn it, Jim, I'm a poet, not a performance artist. I whip microphone cords around my head like eight-second rodeo champs and toss them around your ankles like Wonder Woman's golden lasso of truth, but you stand there silent because you've been lying the whole time anyway. There's your metaphor. Your thinly disguised popularity contest don't faze me. I'm a poet. I'm used to being on the outside looking in. I am removed. I am so far removed I am foreign. I am a professional outcast. I'm an alien. I am a professional alien. I'm so good at it, I'm an alienist. So back up. My finger on the trigger of a poem as big as James Baldwin's eyeballs. And I blast. And where there was a heaving, hulking mass of cats who thought I fell off and poets and backpacks and spiral notebooks, there's an oily, black and fried grandpa underwear skid mark on the ground and I keep blasting and blasting haiku stanza ballads reload limerick epitaph villanelle reload lyric free verse allegory reload madrigal chant couplet thrice cocked a crow upon the fence I'd not heard it then and not heard it since reload imagery epigram slamming reload pentameter cacophony Christmas carol reload and I keep blasting form after form into your dome breaking the hymen of your mind knocking you up with mere words lamazing praise from your lips dilating your sensibilities ten cool centimeters leaving stretch marks on your imagination as you nurse off the milk of my voice in your ear. And I keep blasting and blasting until all the girls you've been throwing game at all night and all the fellas you've been playing hard to get with all night stand around the whole mess of it with frowns on their faces, pointing their fingers, shouting, you killed poetry, you bastard. And you know what? I blast their asses too. Honesty, truth, values, reload. Morals, intellect, mama jokes, reload. Fuck this poem, I talk like this all the time, reload. Maybe the poem's not deep, it just sucks, reload. Maybe the poem's not deep, it just sucks. Reload. Maybe the poem's not deep, it just sucks. Thanks. Um... This one is um, <clears throat> about a woman. Yeah. Kind of. It's called Shaolin Chess Boxing Style Kung Fu with an Intelligent Woman After Three Cokes with Grenadine. <laughs> she came up to me at the bar and asked me if I liked Jimi Hendrix and Beethoven, and suddenly I realized all at once that I had no rap whatsoever. No witty comebacks, no coy smile, no distracting pinky ring, no gold teeth, no credit card, no game whatsoever. So I choked. 
I could think of no good way to respond to her as a mere mortal. So I asked her, what's your sign? <laughs> to which she replied, I am your water sign, a pure Aquarius Teletubby, siphoning honeydew lyricalisms through an umbilical cord that spirals and ends in the middle of the womb of your daydreams. I am wet, and Pisces swim in my maroon lagoons, and sea life dies from the depths of my intellect. What is yours? <laughs> I admit, she caught me with my pants down. Potato bag hopping short of the finish line of being cool. She's the kind of woman who catches you staring at her every time and just stares back at you. No feigned exasperation or irritation, no neck whining, no lip smacking, just stares. So I said, I make up my own astrological street signs. I am a spider, daddy long legs, Anansi, spinning web, Spider-Man, tossing silken lassos between the furthest corner of your mind and the last page of a well-worn Kama Sutra, trapping you, sticking you to a web of foul barnyard intentions and when you're ready, loving you limb from limb with my jaws or better yet my mandibles, my incisors. I can almost hear you call my name, but sometimes the words are less powerful than the silences between them. She says, oh, you're a freak. <laughs> I tell her, baby, I'm just grown. This causes her to smile, and I swivel a little bit on the bar stool, praying to God one of her favorite songs doesn't come on, for beyond words, I have no rhythm. And now, I'm really feeling myself, man. I tell her, I'm like cocaine. Put me up your nose, snip me through a straw, I'll fit. Sell your body for me, get blown off me, get high. Do it together or alone. Do me in the crack house. Get a milk mustache inhaling my vapors. Puff, puff, give my kisses. Put me in a spoon and light my ass with fire. My love is a gateway drug. Don't be afraid, baby, don't be scared. There's no razor in a Halloween candy that is my love, I promise. Fuck Charlie Brown and his rocks. I am the great pumpkin. I am the haunted hoochie. <laughs> she leans into my ear, whispering ever so softly, your kung fu's no good. I'll let you try my Wu-Tang style. And I laugh at this, a big boisterous laugh, so she slams me with her mind again, telling me a story saying, there's a halo around the moon, but nothing angelic about its pox-marked face, and the man in it is a right bastard. He smacks people's first star of the night wishes away from the nighttime sky, keeping the really cool ones for himself, which is the real reason why I never got that Barbie in a project's place that I always wanted, with a detachable gold tooth and pimp daddy Ken. Somewhere up under the mask of the moon, he is playing with my toys. Are you feeling me, bro? Damn! She's beautiful. Her mind is fascinating, is enticing, intoxicating, most like a natural high. And I am completely drawn to it, her intellect, her hard-won smiles, her punctuation of passionate sentences with her hands, her obviously well-read mind and matching self-esteem made of steel. She has email. She has a library card. She goes to movies by herself. She reads books that aren't in her book club that month. I can scarcely contain myself. Oh, the biological determinism of it all. And after that, I buy another Coke with grenadine, and we speak as mortals for a while. Switching. All right, here we go. Uh, 
This one is for all of the single people in the house. This one is called Personal Ad. Hi. I'm a single black male, and I'm looking for a high-energy SFBDWWNDPNS willing double dater to possibly H-O-C-A-F-D-T-I-T-C-I-S. And if we find that we're even remotely compatible, I have no problem H-U-Y-R-F-A-G-T-B-O-S-N-Y because I care. I'm here for you. New in town, I'm here for you. Just give me a chance. Let's get acquainted. Let's take it slow, one day at a time. Let's have dinner. Let's go dancing. Let's F-O-E-O-U-I-L-F-I-A-M and see where it goes. Want to know more? Similar interests? Then let's explore life, you BBWPCSF. Come to me. Let's R-I-W-S-C-I-T. Let's F-S-G-C-A-G-D. Let's G-B-Y-T-P-A-F-U-C-K. It could be you. Are we a match? Give us a chance. Don't D-O-P-B-F-A-M-T-U. This is the chance of a lifetime. This is music of the heart. This is the look of love. You are so coy, you B-B-W-P-C-S-F. Come to me, damn it. Be my S-B-F-D-W-W-N-D-P-N-S love machine. I am your mechanic. I am your eyes wide shut. I am your dildo ceramic. I am your chat room slut, you dirty little B-B-W-P-S-C-S-U. Oh, yes. I am your Adonis. I am your diamond in the rough. I am your first Friday. I am your Romeo. I am your Cornholio. I am your Cerebral Blonde. I am your Caramel Cutie. I am your SBMD PNSNA, Mr. Right Answered Prayer. Appreciate this. Nothing to lose. Just call 555-2469. I'm waiting. I'm going to read one I read in Dayton at the invitation that got me in trouble. This one is called uh, La Vida Loca. I couldn't help but notice that you were staring at my poems, but that's all right. I understand it happens all the time. Because out of every poet you've ever seen, and out of every poet you've ever heard, I am the first ever million dollar poet. And I am the first ever million dollar poet because my poems are the bomb. I write 12 page haikus and the Chinese still think I'm the shit. Crackheads ball my poems up and smoke them when they wanna get really high. I write poems in journals with baby lambskin covers, 14 karat gold trim, and the paper is made out of fresh saplings from nature preserves. Fuck the environment, I'm a poet. People who touch my journals get Michael Jackson hand. My pencils cost more than your car. I'm a national treasure. Webster's calls me to see what words I might be using that month. I shit sets of encyclopedias and wipe my ass with original copies of Shakespeare's sonnets. I steal your girlfriend from you, then dump her ass so I have something to write about next week. I don't memorize my poems because I'm writing poems in my head while I read. I couldn't help but notice that you were staring at my poems, but that's all right. I understand 
happens all the time. Because out of every poet you've ever seen, and out of every poet you've ever heard, I am the first ever bionic man poet. My poems were once edited in a fiery jet plane crash and through advanced technologies have gotten smarter, stronger, and faster. When I turn the pages in my journal, there's sound effects. I sell the titles of my poems to publishers and they go absolutely nuts. I have a website of nothing but my poems titles and it gets a thousand hits a day. I do three hour shows just reading the titles of my poems. I have a sign language interpreter on stage for deaf people who think my poems titles are the shit. PlayStation wants to make a game out of my poems but kids keep having epileptic seizures from all the excitement that is my life. When I do shows, TV stations make public service announcements like, this is your brain, this is your brain on Mr. Woods' poetry. Puffy Combs offered me a record deal, but I'm waiting on a better offer. Denzel begs me every week if he can play me in a movie, and I like to torture him with real poetic things like, don't you think Larry Fishburne should have played Malcolm X? Oprah calls me crying every week because I won't go on her show, and me and Stedman be laughing about it on the three-way. I couldn't help but notice that you were staring at my poems. That's all right. It happens all the time. Because out of every poet you've ever seen, and out of every poet you've ever heard, I am the world's first ever million-dollar bionic man poet. And I am the world's first ever million-dollar bionic man poet because I am the bomb. And after me, there will be no others. Where's Karen? I can't even see her. We're doing one or two more. Who want to say one? All right, this one's a love poem. It's called The Apartment. Leave, just leave. Go on, pack your bags, hit the bricks, follow the yellow brick road, don't let the door hit you, just go. You're not the boss of me. You're not hurting my feelings, sister. I cry like this all the time. So just be gone. You're going to miss me. You're going to miss me, I can tell. You're going to miss me asking for your money. You're going to miss me leaving the toilet seat up. You're going to miss my dirty clothes on the floor, my arguing about the remote. They're going to miss my morning breath. You're going to miss me eating the last Oreo cookie and my sucky poems. You're going to miss my underwear on the floor when company comes over. And you know, you're not special. There's a million women out there like you, you know. You're not any special treat. You're no catch. And as edible as it sounds, you're not even my mother. What are you standing around for? Can't fit any more of my old birthday presents in your overnight bag. Can't fit any more of my Prince records in your backpack. Oh, yeah. I seen you looking through my records yesterday. You're not slick. You're not that smooth. No matter how much black you got on, you're no ninja. So why don't you just leave? Go. Just go on. 
Because I'm going to be a free man, sister. When you leave, I'm going down to craft bras, baby. I'm going to go down there and sit at the bar right in front of the 30-year-old television set. I'm going to order up something stiff, something strong, something to put hair on a man's chest and his earlobes, makes a man mean. Barkeep, get me another Coke and a grenadine. Double it. No rock straight, no chaser. From the bottle, my good man, I want no watered-down spirits. Grenadine makes a man mean. That's how cool I'll be when you leave. You're not the boss of me. You're not hurting my feelings, sister. All I need is some quarters for the washing machine, a couple of comic books, and a PlayStation. Mana from the heavens, sister, for to the gods. I cry like this all the time. So get out, just leave. Go on, take a hike, be gone, you're dismissed. We're through, I rebuke you. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. What? That's right, that door. What do you mean my name's not on the lease? <laughs> All right. Mm. All right, one more. All right, here we go. <clears throat> This one is called Pimps Up, Poems Down. <laughs> oh, I'm a pimp. I put them lyrics in the street. Pimped in rhyming lines up and down the avenue. Sporting my pearl white wall journals. Tipping my barge brim hat in a trick's direction. That's how we know it's okay to talk to whatever poem I got with me. Well. He can't just talk up on my poem. He got to pay now. Can't just step into a man's prime poem and just start talking up on his metaphors, trying to spit that old publishing bullshit. There ain't a poem in my stable that'll fall for that. And if one of them act like they even thinking about falling for some tricks, weak old haiku rap, I pulled 18 and turned a card right there in the street, put my foot dead in they stanzas. Oh, I'm a pimp. And when I see another poet's half-formed inspiration strolling along, lost, Fresh off a Greyhound bus, I nurture it. I slide on up, give him that million-dollar poetry pimp smile, and it can tell from my crushed velvet pocket protector and my gold paper mates that I'm a stone-cold pimp, baby, but it's cool. Them old nature poems fresh out the country can't wait to get with a poet like me because I turn them lyrics out. Show them things they ain't never learned in no open mic, no workshop, no English class. I whip straight Webster's thesaurus mojo on them. And they be fiending for that old etymological love Jones I be slanging. I'm a pimp. And I put them lyrics in the street for that straight profit. And at the end of the night, I take all the words out they purse. I don't leave no adjectives, no pronouns, no imagery. I don't leave them flows, no syllables. I take the letters out their bag. Better have my poetry. I don't care if it's a slam, open mic, a feature reading. Them lyrics better have my poetry. Through rain, sleet, or snow, them freestyles and sonnets better act like they know. Because if they don't, I'm going to put my foot dead in their couplets because I'm a pimp. I got a limerick with rhymes so sweet, make you leave your wife, lose your job. I got an ode, ain't seen iambic pentameter in so long, it throw rocks at it. I got a crippled tongue epitaph, been in the game so long, it knew freestyle when the motherfucker was still locked up. I'm a known from the Golden Gate to the coast of Spain, and the way I beat chump poets like you is a damn shame. 
I beat tricks like you every day. Beat them for their notebooks, their pencils, and they pay. I'm the big stanza getter, syllable splitter. Many a haiku holler because my lyrics wouldn't fit her. Paper sheet shaker, epigram waster, spiral bound notebook back cover breaker, slow jam lyric taster, a poem's money raker. Known to send an elegy to the undertaker because that's me. Mac Daddy Poet Supreme, Rich Flow's Cream, Poor Poet's Dream. I'm known to make a poem swim the river when it's 30 below. And Darius has to shiver when it reaches the show, because I'm a pimp. And I put them lyrics in the street for that straight profit. And if you got to ask, then you ain't got no game at all. Simple-minded asking a bunch of questions. Lame motherfuckers. <laughs> Now yesterday's riot streams over the current as an ongoing now. The man already bled, but there again bleeding in the Los Angeles blast zone, crawling on stunned hands in front of his truck, the good eye hovering nearly weightless in its turning back over to record our trance, side of the foot to the stomach, a concrete block unbelievably raised and brought to the head, and my father just keeps on talking. For his part, watching pornography, a man and a woman groveling ever louder into his partial deafness, so his nerve ends snap and his heart thrashes like a sunfish in his hooded chest. What can I do but listen? Through the, through the grains and spun strands of the cable, the planet's groundswell, riots of yellow pollen shifting like great seas in the wind, in the nest of my ear, the distortions of AT&T whistling subsonic like a sprouting grass, all of it in fragments and accidents of attention. A crude sampling arguing spirit, each man gluing one side of his hearing brain to the miraculous pixels. Pornography and deafness. Murderously good fucking and deafness. A pale blue spider darts here, not there, beside the blood-red coffee mill. To his elemental phlegm, my daughter thumbs it, says it's time for school. My father just keeps on talking over the commercials and political lip-sync, holding up each new surgery's harvest like a string of perch, the local weather indistinguishable from the rioting and his dying. My working my daughter's school lunch into the process, I've soft bread in my hands. Her walking in later to butterfly a kiss into the matrix. Something, something, my television clicks. A voiceover prints through the shine of my ear. It's my father gasping to say it's spring again. In Iowa, just now, a goldfinch has landed in his maple. All right, Dan. A 9.3. Uh, Scott? 8.7. 8, seven. Eight seven. And Charlie? I agree, 8.7. 8.7. And I didn't ask anybody else to do the math, so I'm going to add really quickly here. All right. I got a 26.7 as a sacrificial poet. And next up, we are going to bring Chris up here for the cover slam. This is by um, Maria Mazzioni Gillian. 
It's called Public School Number 18, Patterson, New Jersey. Miss Wilson's eyes, opaque as black glass, fix on me. We must speak English. We're in America now. I want to say, I am an American, but the evidence is stacked against me. Looking part-time in a liquor store when I was unemployed. I was falling down drunk and falling to pieces and you were just annoyed. Even if I could, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a single thing. Still love you. I fell in love a million times, but I never fell in stay. Loving you is like being stuck out in the dark and in the pissing town. Your Majesty, I know I've been deceiving. Yes, Your Majesty, I know I've been bad too. Gave you all my life and you just gave me nothing. I gave everything and that's more than I.
Can I do one more? Is that okay? Yes, no? Yeah? This is a slam poem that I wrote, and I am speaking the slam poem to you right now with my mouth. I cannot tell the difference between what's supposed to be slam poetry and what's just him talking. I know. My second slam poem is called My Second Slam Poem by Perd Hapley by Perd Hapley. <laughs> 